Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. To get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Well, good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday night, and it is time, my favorite time of the week for Blog Talk Radio, and I get to share with you uh, some of my favorite people I have met over the years and come to know. Some I'm just barely getting to know, and others I've known for a long time, and pretty much everything in between. But uh, these are people who are really great thinkers as Christians and uh, people I want to expose you to and get their thoughts on um, things that we are concerned about, things that we're discussing about. Uh, We want to uh, make the world a better place, and we know we do that through introducing people to Jesus. That's, That's the way that the world is going to get better. And um, uh, so that's anybody that can help us with that. We want to, we want to talk to. And uh, so right now we are very excited to be um, involved in, in a, in a very interesting topic topic. Uh, It seems simple and straightforward, but it's something we don't spend a lot of time on. And that is the word, the actual words of, Jesus. Um, there has been a, a, a movement in the last number of years, maybe 10 years, uh, towards what we call red letter uh, Christianity. We don't call it. It's been labeled that by others. And uh, the whole idea is a, a focus on the words of Jesus. And so we've been doing that here at The Catch and uh, uh, learning a whole lot. In, in the process. So we are uh, really almost done with this topic. And um, um, so to help, help us kind of uh, put a conclusion on things, um, I'm very happy to have a, a, a friend of mine and pastor and also one connecting uh, pastors and other Christian ministries, especially in the Irvine area, is a man named Scott Bullock, and uh, you're going to enjoy Scott for the next uh, oh, 30 minutes or so. Um, Scott, welcome to Block Talk Radio. Thanks so much, John. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you for uh, uh, cutting out some time to be with us this evening, uh, uh, I, I know this is a topic dear to your to, to your heart, like it is any believer, because uh, Jesus is our love. He's he's the important piece of everything. He's what the focus of our whole Bible. Um, so you know, 
I'm wondering, Scott, if you come into contact uh, with this this movement I just referred to uh, the last few years towards red towards red letters of of Jesus and and what um, what what is your take on on this whole thing? Yeah, John, I, I actually have. Um, I I followed. Uh, Tony Campolo and, and Shane Claiborne and Jim Wallace for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim Wallace and, and Tony Campolo were actually some of the founders of the Red Letter Christian movement. And, and from what I understand, the story behind it is that Jim Wallace was on a radio talk show, I think down in Texas, and the DJ said, you're one of those Red Letter guys. And Wallace said, what? what? <laughs> Red Letter guys? One of those guys that actually takes the words of Jesus seriously. And Wallace said, well, yeah, I am. And out of that became this movement, this RLC movement. It's really, uh, really, uh, really what I understand about it. It's, a, it's an opportunity to call the Christian church to rethink the seriousness of the words of Jesus and our call to action to live out the words of Jesus. And so I think the, mm-hmm. um, the importance of it is, is really to call us back to considering what Jesus says is authoritative in our lives. Why do you think this has arisen now in, in, in history, in the history of the church and, and of our lives? You know, why do you think this focus arose? Well, I, I do think that, that some, somewhat on the, uh, perhaps in the Christian circles would, would uh, say that Campolo and Claiborne and, and Wallace are focused on a particular political agenda. Uh, I don't think that to be mm. true. I think they're they're pointing out something that is truthful about Jesus' words to us as his church when it comes to the poor, when it comes to the disenfranchised, the marginalized. And they're simply calling an evangelical church that has tended to focus on perhaps individual moral sin to think about societal sin, to think about corporate sin, mm to think about those who are marginalized among us that are not part of us. And I, and I think it's, it's really a, it's a countercultural movement in some ways. Uh, the, the, the piece that I think is, is dangerous about um, any kind of countercultural movement is becomes, it becomes just countercultural and it, and it, and it ignores mm. sometimes the, the, the good things of the culture of which it comes. And I think that, uh, when we look at Jesus' words, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, if we take Jesus' words seriously, he says, he says in verse 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And he goes on and says that none of the law will pass away until it's all accomplished. And, and he even says those who lacks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is very serious about all the black letters in the Bible. And so I, hmm. I don't think hmm. that what Claiborne and and uh, Campolo and and Walls are trying to do is dismiss the rest of the black letters of the scripture, but simply to say mm-hmm. that there's certain areas that the evangelical church in particular has missed when it comes to caring for the poor, the marginalized, the disenfranchised. And I think that's a that's a clarion call for those of us who are part of the evangelical church. And uh, to yeah. just wake up and, and, and take Jesus' words seriously when it comes to poverty and wealth, when it comes to uh, those who are outside mm. of the circle of influence that we're part of. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, what we've been looking at, Scott, a lot here is the Sermon on the Mount. And, um, That's right. boy, there's just some really surprising things in there that that you go, well, you know, I've never heard that before. And that does not seem to be, you know, for instance, um, uh, you know, Jesus spends some time in, in, in Matthew 5 talking about revenge and, and retaliation. And, you know, it's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth anymore. It's, it's going to be turn the other cheek. It's, it's go the extra mile. It's, uh, it's love your enemy. Um, if they force you to do one thing, you know, do more than what they're forcing you to do, you know, and, and, uh, Boy, Scott, you know, you look at, you read that, and then then you look at what Christians are standing for in 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 our culture. Uh, you know, with, uh, with expressing in some cases anger, and in some cases a big support of you know the the NRA and. And, you know, we're going to uh-huh. defend our rights and, uh, and you go, wait, you just scratch your head. You know, what, how, what, is there a disconnect there or, or maybe are we in a different dispensation now or what do you, how do you, how do you work that out? <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I, I, I think John, like, like any countercultural movement, the, the focus is to try to get back to scripture, try to get back to the first century church, try to get back to the words of Jesus mm-hmm. and, and away from the institution of the church that we see in the power um, uh, circles that we're part of now. I mean, we're, we're part of a, a nation in which, which the evangelical church has, in a sense, kind of been wed together with the values of our nation and I think in some ways mm. to some of our political parties. And the problem with that mm. is that when you when you do that, you you start to you start to uh, forget what what are Jesus what's Jesus call and what's what's the call of my culture and my nation and and you 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 blend those mm. together and I think that the the confusion right now it's it, and it is there's no new dispensation <laughs> there is there is mm. Jesus very clearly saying that you shall not simply not hate your brother. You will love him, and the anger that you show towards him actually is, is, is as bad as murdering your brother. So, mm-hmm. so I think what, what we have to get to is, is, as a church, we have to face what, in, what, in our, what, what are we actually doing that is actually um, part of our cultural values or our political values or our national values and what is Jesus calling us to do, which is countercultural to that? I think the whole issue, and I, you know, I hate to jump into this, but I do think that the the gun culture that we have in the United States and, and in the Christian communities, and this real like mm-hmm. push for this, uh, you know, uh, this right for us to be able to have guns, uh, it is is somewhat countercultural to what Jesus says, and it is countercultural what mm-hmm. Jesus says. I mean, Jesus has said, says, "Blessed are the peacemakers." Jesus calls mm-hmm. us to to not hate, to love, and so when we are Christians, our our focus, you know, we're not talking about going out and and having a, uh, you know, being marksmen and and having fun doing that. But we're we're talking 
when we talk about guns in America, we're talking about defending ourselves and, and using those guns against mm-hmm. other human beings. And so I think what Jesus calls, which is a radical call, is, is to, 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 to go the way against the culture of death, the culture of killing, the culture of, of um, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And then that, the fulfillment mm-hmm. of the law is the, is the fact that he actually pays for the, 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 the con- condemnation that, that, you know, we have because, you know, without, without that atonement, without Jesus making us right with the Father, when he does that, he fulfills the law. And then he gives us the freedom to be able to live in the way that he lives, which is sacrificially and is counterculturally. Mm. So I think the words are still true wow. today, John, as they were when Jesus said them. Wow. Wow. But they, and they are, they really do go against uh, an awful lot in, in not only our culture, but don't you think, Scott, they just go against a lot in our humanity, in our natural, natural way of, doing things as human beings? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you, John, if you, you know, I, I love you, brother, but if, if you, if you cut me off <laughs> on the 405 freeway, uh, uh, my tendency, my human tendency is going to be you bleeping yet. You know, the reality is that's my human tendency, John, is uh-huh. to react out of anger, out of hate, out of, because you, know, you, you just, I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. But that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is to, is to empty self, is to give mm-hmm. fully and sacrificially to others, which is extremely hard for us to do because uh, it goes against our human mm-hmm. nature. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us to transform us so that we can live out the Sermon on the Mount. Because we can't live it out without yeah. the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step into some really really treacherous waters right now, and I'm gonna Double ask road. you. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, recently, in the catch, while we've been studying all this stuff, uh, an article came out in the in the, in the L.A. Times uh, front page. You might have seen it about uh, seminars at a major evangelical church here in Southern California that were are geared to arm the the people to protect themselves against shooters who would come in to the church and it was a whole seminar about this and it was actually put on by by a, a national rifle and and pistol not a national one I'm a California one and uh and and led by a guy who's a former uh, uh policeman in Texas did you see the article by any chance no, I, I subscribed to the LA Times, you but didn't. I did not see that article. Okay, yeah. Um, you should check it out because there were amazing things said there, that alarming to me at least. I mean, the guy who was speaking basically saying, you know, uh, you, prayer, God is not going to protect you in church. You know, he's uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Bible does not say that, you know, and he's saying flat out, you need to protect yourself, and um, and we're stupid, you know, if we don't if if we don't at least have some people armed um, because of what's happening in in our you know with with these crazy shooters coming in, and I, I wrote a catch about this, saying, oh my, you know, so we're going to trust more in our guns than in Jesus, 
you know, um, and, and, and God, who are we putting our hands into, you know? And uh, the fact that the shooter comes in, there's going to be 25 guys stand up and shoot back. Is that, is that the message we want to say to the world? You know, um, and, and then, and I wrote this flat out and boy, I, I got, I got some response. If you can imagine. And the response though was a tough one because they're saying, well, you know, aren't you going to protect yourself? Would you protect your wife and kids? Would you just sit there and let this happen? Aren't you going to, aren't you going to, you know, try where does self-defense come into this picture? It's really a difficult question. And uh, my point is that as a church, as a body of believers in God, I believe we need to be saying a different message than the one everyone else is saying. And that is, we, you know, we're going to fight back. We have to have a different message. That's what I believe. But, you know, um, and I, I think that's what Jesus is saying. But what, what, what? Do you have any comments on this whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I told you it was treacherous. I do think, I do think we're. Yeah, it is treacherous for 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 those of us that are in the evangelical circles. Uh, the, uh, the the starting point is the wrong starting point because it it's it's we have to defend our physical lives right now and. And I would say that what we need to be doing is is trying to understand how we can be peacemakers in a world that is so torn uh, and so divided and be bridge builders mm-hmm. and not worried about the defense piece, but, but, but more concerned about the, the being the salt and light within, within our neighborhoods and the places where these, these shooters come from. I mean, the reality is, mm-hmm. is if the church, if the church would, would pursue the brokenhearted, the downcast, the depressed, the discouraged, like it ought to, mm. and and also those who are are downcast and brokenhearted when it comes to economic uh, disparity. I think I think we we would we would be doing what Jesus calls us to do, and and in, in that that's our real that's a real offensive approach as opposed to a defensive approach. I'm going to be, and I'm not, I don't want to dismiss mm. the, the fact that there, there are people who are concerned on a Sunday morning about a threat in, in a worship service. But, you know, I do think that it's, it's an, it's an irony that we talk about religious rights in the United States of America when the first century church had no religious rights and could be picked off, you know, at random by, by an, an emperor mm. of the Roman Empire that had some, some, you know, beef against Christians. And so the reality for us mm. is, is that I think we are living in an ever-increasingly non-Christian. Uh, the Christendom is over in, in the Western world. And we need to, we need to take our cue from, from Jesus' words, from the first century, the, the Church of Acts, and what it means to live in that post-Christian society and culture, and that means wow. we're we're yeah. offensive with with the love that we show and the sacrifice we show towards towards those who are different from us, those who hate us, who you know instead of saying I need to get my rights uh, as a religious person, we should say I'm going to love when I'm hated, I'm going to love when I'm I'm ostracized and when I'm cast out, when I'm injured and I'm hurt and I'm persecuted. Mm. I mean, Jesus talks. Jesus wow. talks about persecution right there in, in the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't he? 
I mean, he, yeah. he yeah, talks he does. bluster you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evils against you falsely. On my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And John, that tells me right there that, that when we start to mm-hmm. say we've got to defend our rights and our religious freedom, that somehow we've, we've missed the point of Jesus about living counterculturally and not seeking our mm-hmm. rights, but giving up our rights and, and showing the love of Christ despite the, the ridicule that we receive. Well, that's great. Uh, um, Scott, would you say that um, that there is a a cultural Christianity that we have that we deal with today that has, in many ways, uh, I think you've already said this, uh, wedded itself to the secular culture um, and picked up a lot of of what is um what is the the co- common thinking from our from our society and and mixed it with with Christianity and with the church and and all of that um it's it's tough isn't it and, and do you think that maybe the the words of Jesus can help us maybe cut through this and get back to what it really means to follow him I think I think I think you're right, and I think that there there has been a, a marriage between cultural societal norms and and Christianity uh, in such a way that we don't really know where the one begins and the one uh, the one ends. Hmm. And I do think Jesus' words are corrective. Here's here's the here's the <laughs> the cynic in me though is that the reality is <laughs> we can try to get back to the I mean, I think we need to go back to the words of Jesus, and I and I love the impulse of the red letter uh, Christian movement. Uh, but like any countercultural movement, we can try our best to go back to the words of Jesus. But like you said, our human depravity, our sinfulness, uh, our our, mm. our failings, we we will we will emphasize certain things over other things, and we'll end up we'll end up still missing the words of Jesus. We'll still end up. Huh. end up wedding some of our cultural norms and ideas. You see, there there is no ideal purist form. I mean, look at the Amish. They try try to live in a, such a way that that's that's trapped in 19th century Europe, and and yet they they don't they they don't embody some of the call to be salt and light among the world. Um, and so they try to they try to mm. to be purists in some way, or there are other movements that try to be purists in some way and go back to Jesus' uh, words. I think we always need to go back to Jesus' words, but I think we have to we have to be uh, clear that that we are never going to fully get it right, and that we're always going to have to be huh. uh, examining ourselves and asking: Is this is this impulse um, cultural impulse? Or is this what is this what Jesus would have me do? And I think that's that the inner inner prompting of the Spirit. So we read the Scripture and we're convicted and drawn by the Scripture and the words of Jesus. That that we continue to ask that question of ourselves: Is this my culture speaking? Uh, is this my desire speaking? My human flesh speaking? Or is this is this what Jesus called me to do? Because I I don't think that we're going to get it perfectly right this side of of uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the the new new kingdom, new heaven, and new earth. So, well, boy, that's that's a great word, Scott. And uh, 
I really appreciated that. So it's like we 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 simply have to keep asking the question and keep learning and keep humble and it's like like the Bereans, you know, always checking that's right. Call out to make sure That's right. to make sure he was <laughs> right with the scriptures. It's because we we can never we can never get haughty about this or or think that that we've got the whole truth over here and you guys have got it wrong. That kind of thing. It, exactly, and, and here's 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 a little nugget to throw at our um, just just on the the opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to the, the culture of, like, say, evangelicalism. And I think the Red Letter Christian movement is, is you know, get, is, is kind of a, a response to that culture, is that there are certain things about that culture that are, that are important to not forget and not to give up. The emphasis on, on individual moral responsibility and, 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 and hmm. taking serious look at your own moral failings, whereas the Red Letter Christian movement is, it's much more about looking at the societal sin and the sin of, of cultures and institutions, mm. uh, the you know the rampant racism or discrimination. And I think those are all good, but we can't forget the the individual moral sin. And the reality is, you know, I, I don't think the red letter Christian movement is is about ignoring the black letters of the scripture. Because when you think about mm-hmm. uh, when you think about like the issue of immigration in the United States right now, Jesus doesn't say a lot about the refugees. But the Old Testament says a lot about the sojourners and the refugees among us. Yeah, the we foreigners. Have to look at, yeah. We have to look at the law to understand more clearly how God calls us to respond to the refugee and to the sojourner among us. Mm. Um, but we also have mm. to, if we're going to look at the Old Testament for that, we also have to look at the Old Testament for, for individual moral um, uh, guidance as a compass comes to just our ethical, sexual, uh, behavior, uh, familial behavior, th- those things are important. I, I, so I don't want us to dismiss everything that evangelicalism mm-hmm. has tried to emphasize when it's interpreted the scripture uh, by becoming an entirely countercultural on the other side. I, but I do think that RLC does does help us um, look at look at areas where we've been blind. Well, Perfect. That because that leads me to actually my final question uh, for you is um, if if we do or when we do spend time studying the words of Jesus, what do you think we will find out? We'll find out, John, how very unlike Jesus you and I are. We will find out how how far from him we we sit. And and I think again when Jesus in, in the Gospel of John says, Everything I don't do anything unless I see that the Father tells me. I, I do everything I see the Father doing. You know, I think we're gonna realize, you know, just, just again the incarnation, the Son of God who manifests himself in our neighborhood moves into our territory. We're going to realize that uh, we have we have quite a, a, a lot to to of disciple, disciple formation to take place in our lives when it comes to how mm. we, we we view how we we view our uh, our our identity, uh, how we view our 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 ministry, our work. 
uh, how we view our uh, our material possessions. Uh, there's just so much that uh, looking at Jesus will will cause us to to really, if we're serious about it, to really reflect on on who we are in relationship to Him and and how far we need to move towards Him. I know that's very general because I don't want to be super specific about it, but I do think it's gonna it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be a convicting piece, number one, and it's it's also mm-hmm. going to be a a place where we we're going to realize that that we uh, we need we need to move closer to Jesus, and it's going to take some process of of His Spirit working within us to do so. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about uh, maybe even the last. It depends on where. I'm not sure where people always cut off the end or call the end of the Sermon on the Mount, but. Um, I, I, I seem to think it, it ends with that that statement: uh, "Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, boy, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. read that, and I, where, where does that leave us? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, it leaves us. Yeah, ab- I think it, it, it leaves us poor in spirit. Which is yes. where we all where we started this whole thing. <laughs> oh boy! Well, and that's that's just, that's that's the the piece that we have to realize when we look to Jesus. Hopefully, what we'll realize is that we're convicted. But when we look to Jesus, instead of feeling this kind of moral, we feel moral shame. But but instead of feeling this this like mm. overburdened guilt. I mean, when Jesus, when Jesus in the Gospel of Mark talks about, you know, we talk about the Messianic secret and not wanting people to tell about his miracles, you know what he really wanted? He wanted people to actually not tell about his miracles because he wanted the, the main miracle, which is, is the Son of Man who overcomes death, who is in control of life, in the resurrection to be the, 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 the message for for the world to see that that this this God man dies on a cross for the sake of the world and for the sin of the world and he rises to new life so that we may have new life. So we, we look hmm. at Jesus, hopefully what we see is we see that sacrificial servant who's given his life up for us as a ransom who is now raised from the dead by the power of God and the Spirit working in him and through him and that you and I can have new life, that we can be transformed so we don't become hopeless, mm-hmm. but we actually look at the Scripture and the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and then say, oh, my gosh, these are all my moral feelings. I can't do this. But we say, mm-hmm. with Jesus' power and his Spirit working within me, I can become like Jesus. I can become a new creation, a new life. And that's the power of, of looking at the words of Jesus in the Gospel. Mm-hmm. Scott. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a lot wonderful. of fun, John. Can't thank you enough. With you. Yeah. Yeah. You bet, brother. Okay. All right. Take care. Well, there you go, folks. You that too. was that was amazing. And um, so hang with us. Um, read the catch. Get it every day. Um, join the discussion. We're having a lot of fun here, and we're getting stretched. And uh, I like what I like what Scott said is that we've just got to keep coming back and uh, realizing 
how much how much we don't know and check out what we do know and make sure that it's right on uh with with the word and with the words of Jesus. So this was great. Um thank you Scott, thank you everybody. Uh keep coming and uh, keep enjoying the catch. God bless you all.